You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 132 pro, 132nd program of Think Again, our first program in the new year, 2022, hopefully a year in which we can find our feet again after the onslaught of two COVID years, after lockdowns, triple vaccinations, confused politics, silly politicking and messy ideologizing and therefore complicating of what could have been a complex but rather straightforward public health strategy. So, after this breathless introduction, Happy New Year to all listeners. It's good to be with you again after what, hopefully, has been a restoring summer break for you all. Think Again is produced by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization now in its 25th year of trying to generate positive social change. I'm Jacques Boulet, and my usual conversation partner, Jennifer, is enjoying a very much-deserved break. We'll be back together next week. Last week, on the last day of 2021, we repeated a program I had shared with listeners on the 21st of October last year, in which I commemorated the birth of Paolo Freire, then about 100 years ago. As per usual, there wasn't enough time to share all the things I had personally learned from working with Paolo, now more than 40 years ago, nor was there enough time to really examine in more detail the relevance of his work for the present time. So that's where I will try and take us today. Conscientization was probably the most important operative word Paolo Freire introduced in his best-known book, Pedagogy of the Oppressed, which was published in the 60s in Brazil and in 1970 was translated into English and from there in a great number of other languages. Conscientization means creating consciousness or generating awareness in and amongst people, initially aimed at the poor, the excluded and oppressed in Freire's homeland, Brazil and then filtering into many programs for critical education in the rest of Latin America during the 1960s, and after this, the exile of Paolo from Brazil and his departure from Chile, and working from Geneva at the World Council of Churches from the 1970s onwards. And the approach spread worldwide and has been applied across a great variety of action and learning fields. And now, therefore, in the second uh, program dealing with his work, to some of his f- educational ideas. The central, the central notion of conscientization refers to the process of becoming conscious through learning, whereby action and thinking are fully integrated. So it's more than just a merely mental or thought-based process. 
action becomes a necessary part of the process. Conscientization is also grounded in the concrete historical reality of people who are learning. A site, a political and economic context, and it sees action and reflection as one, as I already said before. Freire refers to that unity of thought and action as praxis. A central element of Freire's understanding of education as the praxis of liberation is dialogue. Dialogue has struck a very strong chord with those of us concerned with popular and informal information education, sorry. But it also has entered the usually not so conversational teaching approach in the curricula of formal education in schools and all the way into tertiary education. Dialogue involves respect rather than one person acting on another. It involves people working with one another. Freire argued that too much education is like banking, the educator making deposits in the educatee's head, quite a bit like much formal education as it happens today, really, when you think about it. Dialogue in itself is thus a cooperative activity which involves respect. The process is important and enhances community and builds what we have come to call social capital. It leads to educators, all of us, acting in ways that make for social justice and human flourishing. Indeed, as I said before, to positive social change. Such action could also be informed and access theoretical and could also be informed by and provide and access should be provided to theoretical knowledge and making this accessible to learners who have too often been prevented from doing so. The next big point there is listening to the people is central to break through the culture of silence that has often trapped the oppressed, that subjected them to the powers that be. And that requires, of course, a good analysis of the nature of oppression. So naming the world in which we live and learn is sort of like an absolute, an absolute integral part of the learning, the critical learning which we need to do. So the idea of building a pedagogy of the oppressed or a pedagogy of hope and how this may be carried forward is a significant impetus for critical educators. But obviously, there are rather different ways in which oppression manifests and infiltrates our lives and the ways in which we think and relate with one another. So Freire insists on situating educational activity in the lived experience of participants and thus opens possibilities for the way educators can approach their teaching practice. So he has concerned, he has, con he has concerned, a great concern for the use of words, for language. And language needs to have the possibility of generating new ways of naming and acting and being in the world, really, of relating with the world, both human and non-human. As an example, as Freire was working with poor Brazilian farmers to assist them in becoming literate, 
quickly, which, by the way, was very important, as they needed to be able to write their name before being allowed to vote. So it was important to do that literacy quickly. He invited them to talk about basic things in their lives, like their house, harvest, their family, donkey, things around which their daily lives were running and being organized. Generating a dialogue about this was writing the word they were talking about or talking with on the blackboard that assisted in both connecting the sound of the word with the letter image, as well as allowing a conversation that led to questions about the ownership of the house, the ownership of the donkey, associated exploitations, issues of food, of debt, of violence, and so on which would obviously be rather different when applying Freire's method in a so-called developed, probably hyper-developed context like present-day Australia. But it remains a lesson that we probably should heed again, now being subjected to a rather different type of oppression that includes our narcissisms, our entitlements, our freedoms and our liberties generated and reinforced by populist social media-generated stupidities by advertisers, by politicians, by thought leaders, and by so-called influencers, all combining to keep us unaware, unconscious of what's really going on in our world. Glad to have that off my chest. Let's have a break and again have some music from Gilberto Gil, a musician who lived and worked in Brazil around the time when Paulo Freire was involved there and who also, like Paulo, ended up in prison. The song Furtirivel dates back to the early to mid-70s. Thank you. 
novo movimento lhe pareça estranho Seus olhos talvez sejam de cobre Seus braços de estranho Não se preocupe, meu sistema manterá A consciência do ser, você pensará Seu corpo será mais brilhante A mente mais inteligente Tudo em superdimensão Feliz, feliz Porque na nova mutação A felicidade é feita Today I'm continuing my exploration of the work of Paulo Freire, examining the the influence his work has had on social movements, on education and critical thinking, and also we'll be looking at the resonance of his thinking till today. During the 70s and 80s, Freire's approach has not only been applied and further developed in formal and informal education contexts in Europe and in the international development spheres. It has developed quite worldwide in Europe, neighborhood houses, community learning centers, people's universities, or as they call them in Germany, Volkshochschulen, which is a little bit like here, the U3A, the University of the Third Age, they readily incorporated both the philosophies and approaches as well as the teaching methods described and applied in Freire's writings. Internationally, Freire's work was especially connected and integrated in critical approaches to community development. Community development had initially started as a program integrated in the colonial governance structures and processes all the way back to the 1930s in the English colonies. Obviously, of course, not wanting to damage the established power relationships between colonizer and colonized during that time. 
But it, came, it did come about in recognition of the impotence of European schooling in lifting indigenous peoples into more, let's call it modern or developed ways of thinking, of being, uh, and, and of living, basically. Freire injected thinking about power, participation, learning, emancipation, freedom, and so on, into the, com the community development approach, as I myself have experienced it personally in my work in Africa in the 60s, and later in the emergent, emerging movements which were critiquing the Western development models. And that eventually led to the very present day critique of the need to recognize the importance of indigenous and local knowledge and the role the imposition of Western knowledge has played in the continuing oppression and exploitation of the South. So other fields of application of Freire thought, Freire's thought in Australia have included work in primary health and health promotion, especially also promoted by the WHO's 80s and 90s approach to preventative approaches to health and to the creation of healthy cities, the work of the local network of community development in health in the, in the 1980s and 90s is certainly one example thereof and which could easily be re re resuscitated, I think, in the context of the COVID onslaught on community health. But also in education, in organizational change, activism, social movements, especially also in participatory action, research and learning, some of which had their early roots, like Freire's, in the emerging approaches during the early 20th century against the oppressions generated by the political economy of capitalism. So there was Cardain, Cardinal Cardain, there was Protestant churches, settlement movement, and even earlier, the end of slavery and the integration of former slaves into the free life of emerging capitalism. They all had really something to say about critical learning of the context within which you live. As per usual, critics from the left and from the right, they have... Uh, you know, as from their respective perceptions and beliefs, they have been criticizing the approach of Freire from the left. Some critics thought it was not radical enough in its approach to the existing structures. From the right, it was blamed for abandoning the basics of education and of learning and for just be, being political rather than educational and doing with young people particularly what you need to do, making them learn the basics. And to let that sink in, let's go to another promo. Have you heard of long COVID? If you or someone you know have had COVID-19, you may still experience symptoms weeks or months later. There are many symptoms of long COVID, but the most frequent are extreme tiredness, shortness of breath, and muscle aches and joint pains. Anyone can experience long COVID, including children. You can find information in your language on the Health Translations website, healthtranslations.vic.gov.au. Just type long COVID as a keyword. A 3CR supporter. The 
don't have a million dollars and still want to have a good education for your kid, tune into the Dogs Program. We are the Defenders of Government Schools. 12pm on Saturdays, here on 3CR. 855 and AM Dial Podcast, streaming live on 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. We defend government schools because they need it. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today I'm continuing our exploration of the work of Paulo Freire, examining the influence his work has had on social movements, on education, critical thinking, and looking at the the resonances of his thinking till today, and probably also inviting us listeners and all of us to think whether we should not re-examine a little bit what he could bring to our work today. So lastly, some questions concerning the originality of Freire's contribution. They have been raised, of course. Paolo really, having worked with him and having lots of conversations with him in the late 70s, he really never pretended that all this work he did and wrote down was his own and only his work and his own, his own thinking. His thinking certainly was eclectic and he very, very much borrowed directly from other sources. I already mentioned in his learning from the approach of the young Christian workers founder, Cardinal Cardin. I said that in, the, in our previous section. And Cardin's approach, which he developed working with young unemployed workers in Brussels, was the famous phrase, to see to judge and to act, which was really a way of thinking very similar to uh, uh, participatory action research, which where we probably wouldn't be using the word judge, but to see, to think, and to act would be quite similar to what we do in participatory action research. So the links that movement had, that uh, Young Christian Workers, YCW, in Australia as well, the links that had with liberation theology movements in Latin America and the basis communities which emerging emerged from that move, liberation theology movement and which then, of course, was later very much oppressed by the Catholic Church becoming more traditional and conservative. Then there were Marxist philosopher, philosopher Ernest Bloch, his work The Principle of Hope, which was very influential, influential in the way in which uh, uh, Paolo thought about possibilities for living and for educating people differently. There was Kozik's Dialectics of the Concrete, which was published in Spanish in the mid-1960s, and which he really had read very attentively and had borrowed from. Then his reading of the work of Martin Buber, about relationship, about dialogue, and about the really importance of dialogue. And Martin Buber and his links with uh, David Bohm, about whom we have been talking regularly. So his concern with conversation, with encounter, with being an ethical, with being ethical, and with the way, with the ways education needs to be ethically connected to what happens in the world. They all have strong echoes in Freirean thought. I want to finish with an example. 
from a New York-based attempt to link Ferreri's approach with the de-schooling movement, which was particularly also in the 70s, 60s, 70s and early 80s, very vibrant in the United States. It was initiated by Ivan Illich, another name uh, of activist people around that time, and by many who were working in the anti-authoritarian movements of the time. So that particular, uh, it was probably a de-schooling kind of project in New York. They had a variety of ways of thinking around education. So freeing liberadora, educación liberadora, so freeing up education, liberating education, takes place in different settings. It is the participatory practice of education that maintains that education is political. It is an educational process that begins by making people aware of themselves and their surroundings and, as human beings, to develop a critical consciousness. Liber liber liberatory uh, education is defined as the empowerment of participants and the giving up of power by the facilitator. It, is also, it also fits in two practical ap applications – both conscientization and literacy, but they cannot occur separately. That means working towards people becoming literate needs to be connected with them becoming conscious about their conditions of living. Each of us in New York, that was a statement of that particular schooling group, is working in a liberating setting, whether it be applied directly in a schooling sense or a non-schooling sense. So as, for example, in youth programs, the fields of music, art, and so on. So very quickly, a couple of principles they applied and thought of as commonalities that unite them as initiators and as activists. We consider the dialogue as a starting point in freeing, in freedom education. It is the empowerment of people it must go hand in hand with providing the people with skills that will help them in their immediate situation. It is de-schooling and it occurs predominantly in community settings. It is liberation is a, a regaining a cultural identity. It does not discard theory, rather to the contrary. Uh, theory and practice are utilized dialectically. The existence, strength and development of education uh, should go, or such education should go hand in hand with the exchange and change and sharing of ideas and, and materials amongst us. And for that to happen, we need to establish mechanisms to make it possible that such connectivities become possible and we become able to use them. That was a rather breathless attempt at telling you a little bit more about what Freire has meant for me and I hope so also for the world past and present. In terms of community service announcements, just one particular thing. We will be talking more in this program about the charity bill which the coalition, with the help of Labour, has passed and which really may have devastating consequences for charities and for organizations like Borderlands who want to do advocacy uh, for the people and the groups they are working for. 
Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio today, just with me, Jacques Poulet. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. Our programs are available by podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. And I thank Clive Warner for assisting with recording and music. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives us a voice to prison inmates, their families and friends. And to bring us into this program, we get a return to Futurivel by Gilberto Gil.